0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Put the Wet Stuff on the Red Stuff Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to have an interesting deep dive into silos, and in particular, the grain entrapment and rescue issues facing small-town America on a frequent basis. As we know, we all can't live without food, and the farmers that make this food but a lot of times, the, the corn and the soy and these different products we eat are stored in silos. And these silos create very dangerous work conditions for the farmers, and in particular the youth that aren't possibly following the best safety practices or don't have the best equipment, which is why Turtle Plastics and the director Samuel Goldberg came together to create this documentary called Silo the Film. Uh, We're going to look into kind of what it's like to be in the day in the life of a farmer when this accident happens. And almost everyone in these areas living in farm country maybe knows someone that's been impacted in some capacity by a silo, injury, or death. These deaths are horrific and virtually all preventable, and we want to help raise the awareness and talk about the issues that first responders face in terms of preparing and better responding to these issues. If you're going to be at FDIC in Indianapolis, please visit booth 3369 to meet one of the main actors of this film, Jeremy Holm. For every autograph he signs, $5 will be contributed to the Fallen Firefighter Foundation, and please visit sidlethefilm.com or visit us at FDIC. I hope you enjoy listening and take care. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Put the Wet Stuff on the Red Stuff Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Sofen, speaking. Today, we're really excited to dive into a really interesting concept around silos. And we have the producer of the film, Silo, Samuel Goldberg, as well as the vice president and president of Turtle Plastics, Dennis Hildebrand and Liz Demetrio. Sam, Dennis, and Liz, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Great. How are you? We are glad to have you all here. So, Sam, you're the director of this film, and for the most part, when people hear silos, they think of stuff that they drive past when they're going from maybe to their lake house or just driving past farm country. Um, what is this issue of silos within the first responder space, and what, what is this documentary that you've now produced to raise awareness about this important issue?
1: Sure, sure. So um, as a film producer, you know my job is to basically take the vision of somebody who has an idea and figure out how to logisticate around it and take somebody's idea for a film and uh, put together the pieces to get that film made and eventually on a screen. So four and a half years ago, a very talented film director and screenwriter, a guy named Marshall Burnett, who is based in Nashville, Tennessee, came to me with an idea to make a feature-length film, you know, a 90-minute scripted movie with actors about a grain entrapment accident. And sort of taking the 24-hour period in between the start of a day on a farm and the end of a rescue of a grain entrapment and seeing the drama around that and how the interpersonal dynamics of small-town America all just really um, explode and climax amidst An accident. Um, You know, I used to kind of say to people when I pitched the film, you know, think about a coal mining rescue or think about somebody trapped in a well. There are movies and there are precedents for films where somebody is trapped and has to be rescued and everybody around him's anxious about it. Um, But neither Marshall nor myself had ever heard of a grain entrapment before, yet alone of a film about a grain entrapment. And Marshall's from a small town in Tennessee, and I'm from a big city, Manhattan, New York. And Together while working on the movie, we figured we could produce something that was an empathy building project that would get people in big cities to understand the plight of farmers and farm rescue workers and get people in the middle of the country, people who work on farms or live in rural areas, to feel as if people in big cities actually do care about their way of life and will project what they do in an honest, authentic way in the sphere of independent film and art so when that idea happened marshall wrote a script with a great screenwriter in new york named jason williamson and while we were working on making that big movie which is a multi-million dollar production which we actually produced this past summer in kentucky and iowa we decided we wanted to do more research and development and so we went to a small town in indiana called rising sun in aurora county and we did three days of production that was basically just like a day in the life of a small American farm town that has just been the victim of one of these entrapment accidents. And so that movie, the original film, the feature film is called silo and as sort of a companion piece to that film, we made a short documentary called silo edge of the real world. That movie has been released. It was at the Tribeca film festival two two years ago. Um, it's now on vimeo.com. It's also on nationalgeographic.com. And it's been, I think it's been viewed now by over 100,000 people in total, not including live screenings. And what I've learned in the process of making that movie and, that, and this project, uh, I've learned a few things. But one thing in particular is that everybody in farm country knows somebody who's been injured or killed in a farm accident. Furthermore, very few people, despite that fact, know the dangers of grain engulfment, because it's something that's done very casually and is sort of a real outside-the-box type of accident that is much rarer than other farm accidents. And so my hope with the film, beyond it being a commercial success, is that it helps raise awareness around these subjects. It allows for educational institutions to write curriculum around the films, which has already happened with the short film and I'm working on with the feature film. Uh, and then it just allows me as a human being to connect with people like you, Kevin, you know, with Liz and Dennis, a turtle who have been supporters of the film for over two years now. They actually showed up, uh, on set in Kentucky and, uh, gave away a couple of their turtle tubes, their grain tubes that help people in grain entrapment and rescue to local fire departments that didn't have them in Kentucky. So, um, you know, personally, I'm just thrilled to be on this call, uh, this podcast rather. Um, And, um, yeah, this movie's been a really interesting experience for a a city kid, honestly, just really having the ability to look from the outside in to the world of fire rescue, farm rescue, agriculture, et cetera.
0: I like that. And I think a big thing that I appreciate you said is this empathy-building initiative of how we're trying to raise awareness around the country on why this problem exists. Most people, myself included, being an urban dweller, we go to the grocery market, and there's food. Um, or you know, there's the rise of the demand for ethanol, which is really um, increasing the need for these silos and all the corn storage, which is kind of the market-driven issues that's causing this to be an issue. Um, and if for what I'd like to try and hit on is is looking at what we kind of know why the problem exists, but how is it? How is this problem actually happening? And sort of how is it a threat to farmers? And then. And then you you talk about some of this turtle tube or or some of these other, like, low-cost things that can be done to prevent these accidents from happening. Between all three of you, maybe give me some context on sort of what – why are these problems happening and what can be done to prevent these problems from happening in the future?
2: So if I could just pipe in on this. um, The the problem is happening because silos, grain bins, these these are really – Dangerous structures. And I don't think that they've been given enough credit um, in the general community as to how dangerous these structures really are. And we're asking um, oftentimes children to go into these environments. um, And there hasn't been enough training, in my mind, um, to not just the farmer, but also the fire rescuers on how to, one, prevent these type of accidents from happening, and then once they happen, how to rescue, if you can, someone from an entrapment situation.
0: And and from that, let's say you have a kid that just went up there and, and all of a sudden he gets trapped. It, from the articles I was reading, it seems sure. like it's unfortunately a pretty sure. low chance once they're engulfed in all this due to asphyxiation or, or gaseous um, suffocation Um, But what what can be done as far as a best practice to prevent that from happening? And then what are some of the, I guess, how, how do first responders actually respond if there is someone that's captured in a silo?
2: Well, and I think that's a really, those are really good questions, Kevin. And I think with many things, education, education, education. Um, for, uh, for the farmers and for farmhands on, um, you know, and we understand that for many farm families, children are still being used to help with the family life on the farm. And, um, you know, there was uh, about 140 deaths of uh, reported in, like, transport boxes. And 95% of those deaths were children, were boys under the age of 11. Uh, And so for us, you know, a turtle, our culture is uh, one of safety, and it just really struck home with us when Sam approached us about helping with this movie in that any time that we can really try to help the prevention of a child getting hurt um, for us, that was really key. Um, But education of the farmer, of the hands, of getting themselves tethered um, to notify people when they're going into the grain bin or into the silo or into the transport bin um, and then also for fire firefighters who often in these rural communities are also the farmers so you know we have a profession of firefighting where the majority are still volunteers um, and so in rural communities in rural states wisconsin ohio um, you know, we're still looking at firefighters who are volunteer, and many of them are farmers. And so it's just getting education and training into their hands and the right tools into their hands to help them with whether it's an engulfment or uh, a fire or an auto extrication.
0: Mm. Understood. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like a lot of these deaths are truly horrific. And like what, what I'm hearing is that they're virtually all preventable, whether it's some type of tether technology or better notification about who's where and when are they when are they there to make sure no equipment's on so that that really does come back to the education component, which is so important that uh, I, I mean I think there was that that one story of the the Chilean miners that were captured a couple of years ago, and that was a documentary that really brought awareness around mining. And obviously, mining has a whole realm of its own issues, but silo captures, not something that people really think about. And I think it's really important that we have this type of awareness to talk about what are silos, what are some of the threats. And with this documentary, uh, uh, Sam, you talked about some of the process with this, but um, if anything, give us a little more context on on actually who's um, going to be in this film. And I know, I know you had some, a variety of different actors, and one in particular I'd like you to hit on. And, and kind of give us a timeline on, on what to expect in the, in the rest of 2019 um, with this film coming out. Super. Um,
1: well, first, I'd just like to address quickly what you guys were just talking about. And, I mean, I agree with everything Liz said, in particular when it comes to you know children under the age of 11, 12, 13, whatever it is, just being really mindful of not not treating, you know, dangerous spaces as play spaces, um, but just sort of referencing what, what you were saying, Kevin, is in terms of, you know, how preventable these are, you know, it, it's challenging because there actually are very few alternatives to act, to breaking up corn that's congealed. Um, and I think something like 97% of American farms or family farms with less than eight employees, like it's a really it's the vast majority of American farmers are small operations that are right now financially strapped and for time immemorial have to create shortcuts, like anybody who does something every day for a living, you know, takes shortcuts. And so um, on one hand, of course, things are preventable. On the other hand, there's technology like the turtle tube and other grain tubes that are reactive and helpful. But um, I just think there's just an awareness piece around this that if people were just if people, and listen, this isn't just tooting the horn of our film, it's my honest belief about filmmaking and art, so is that people watch or read or listen to something that scares them, opens up their mind and makes them just think that extra second before doing something potentially dangerous, that is like step one, right? That's like the baseline. Um, so with that said, you know, that's that's sort of the philanthropic portion of what we're doing is trying to be productive on the awareness-raising side um, in terms of, you know, the timeline and what's actually happening with the film, you know, it stars uh, Jim Parrick, who's on the show True Blood and was just in the show Escape at Donna was in the movie Fury, um, a couple of great New York theater actors, Jill Pace and Jack DeFalco, who both have amazing up and coming careers. A guy named Chris Ellis, if you, if you Google him, he's been in about 50 movies, I think he's been in 10 Steven Spielberg movies, amazing, amazing veteran actor. Um, Danny Ramirez who's about to be in the new Top Gun and then a guy named Jeremy Holm uh, who grew up in Colorado whose dad was a volunteer fire chief and when he read our script and watched the short documentary just kind of went crazy for it you know we we had one call with him we knew he was the right guy for the role he nailed his performance in this movie and uh, Jeremy in the film plays the volunteer fire chief who shows up at the scene of the accident and um he is going to be coming to FDIC uh April 10th and 11th and a little bit of the 12th actually um to hang out at the Turtle Plastics booth there as well as be a part of just some some small events that we're doing as a silo and Turtle Plastics team to you know get him out there and talk to people about the film and this will be our first kind of real event around the feature film we won't be showing the movie it's not ready yet to be shown But the hope is over the summer, we're going to be planning our marketing and distribution plan. We're going to probably be doing some sort of rollout of the film in between the Farm Progress show, which is in um, uh, Illinois at the end of August, and Farm Aid, the famous kind of concert series in the middle of September. Um, Because we want to release the movie in between planting and harvest seasons, which is really going to be a time where people in agriculture can go see it and not have to stress about, you know, a 24 hour day where they're harvesting the crops. So, um, those are the plans with the movie right now. Those are the stars of the film. Um, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more news in the next month or two as we fully finish the movie right now. The email I sent before I got on this call was to our composers. We're finishing up the original music for the film. And so in the next two weeks, the movie will be completely done. The music the visual effects, the sound design, the color correction, all the technical aspects of of post production and editing, and then in the month of May, you know, the business and the timeline will get even more clear. But looks like late summer, early fall, you know, this movie will be out there in the world, and hopefully, plenty of people will go see it. And, and kind of the way to keep track of it is to you know listen to hopefully podcasts like this, and we're, we're constantly updating on on dot and on Facebook at silo the film uh so you know if people want to you know listen to this and then say oh man this movie's not out for a while they can watch the short film in the interim and the feature film will be out in a few months
0: love it You kind of answer my question on where people could go to find more information but to kind of summarize a lot of what we're talking about here i think it's important to note that we're all on this collective team from from me just the guy doing the podcast at turtle plastics not only being a great uh great manufacturer of equipment, but someone that's, that's looking to help pay it forward to, to you being the producer. We're all on this team together to ultimately try and help raise the awareness to improve safety for people that are struggling from a very preventable problem. And I think it's really important that people watch Silo the Film um, and visit silothefilm.com and, and hopefully continue to be aware of this problem and, and let's, let's get those, those deaths and silos down to, to zero. Um, every year moving forward
1: that'd be fantastic yeah i mean honestly and thank you kevin um because these yeah these opportunities are you know small things turn into big things and you know the ball starts rolling downhill once you start putting it out there and talking about it more and you know this is this is really exciting thanks for the opportunity
0: absolutely uh any other final thoughts um from from liz dennis or or sam that you want to uh, tell the audience before we close out here
2: Sure, Kevin, and one thing, I just really want to thank W.S. Darley for hosting this podcast. We've been great partners together, and um, with Jeremy coming to FDIC um, at our booth, which is 3369, he will be signing autographs, and our Turtle Plastics Foundation will be donating $5 for every autograph he signs to the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, so I wanted to get that out there in case folks wanted to stop by. Uh, meet him, get an autograph so that we can, um, on our foundation side, make that donation.
0: Fantastic. Well, I will definitely be there at Booth 3369, whether he's signing a uh, Turtle Plastics yeah. piece or maybe even signing my shirt. Um, I'll do whatever it takes uh, to.
2: Yes, well, we have some autograph cards for folks because we don't expect them to come prepared with uh, pens or paper. <laughs>
1: Love sign it. your sign your bicep, Kevin. Yeah. Yes. No, I no. Also get Sam's autograph, by the way. He's also
2: available. <laughs> <a
1: real old. laughs> I'm, I'm signing. Well, you know, beyond the autograph, Jeremy is one of these infectious personalities, and he he feels this subject in his bones. He really does. He remembers going on volunteer runs with his dad as a kid, um, and uh, yeah, I, I you know, thanks to Darlie. I mean, Turtle Plastics. I I I, I speak. I, they don't know it. Their ears are ringing all week, probably because I, I talk about them all the time in terms of their generosity as a company, what they're doing, their company ethos. I, I don't just say it on a podcast. Liz, I probably text you about it all the time. So thank you guys for this opportunity for what's happening at FDIC for supporting the film. And it's it's a movie. It's a piece of art. You know, we're not you know we're not doctors. What I'm doing for a living, but I, I do think there's a place in society, an important place for awareness building. Art forms, and I, I'm hoping ours does something productive here. So, thanks for the thanks for the megaphone here.
0: Awesome, yeah, that's what we're here for, and we look forward to, to this, and, and hopefully some other uh, opportunities to raise some awareness on some important issues moving forward. Um, but for now, uh, please visit siloofthefilm.com or follow it on Facebook, and we'll keep you posted as the the film comes out later this year. Thank you, guys.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Thank you,